Hi, welcome to the Axiom Podcast. My name is Cameron, and today joining me is Devin Dash, and we're going to talk about retreating from company retreats. And this is fresh on our mind because we just got back from our Axiom company retreat. So, Devin, why don't we start? Tell everybody um, just what our retreat was like, and I think it's going to surprise some people when they hear what we did and what we didn't do. Yeah, that's a great question, Cameron. You look totally gold sun-kissed by the way you look fantastic <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so what do we do on the company retreat that's a question uh, that we have been hearing from uh, peers of ours hearing from from other people who share our building space with us and it's funny because like the implication when they ask that question is that we should have been doing something um like we we had sessions we we had planning, we had like culture building activities or, or like team building activities and trust fall sessions. And I'm, I think a lot of our listeners might be shocked. Um, maybe, I don't know. Let us know if you're not shocked just based on what you hear from us uh, on other podcasts. But the reality is we didn't do anything. Okay, that's not that we didn't do anything. We don't, we didn't all just go to, to Palm Island resort and sit and, and do nothing. Um, but, but we didn't do work, right? We did no agenda. <laughs> we didn't have an agenda. Yeah. Um, if anything, the, the only itinerary that we had was checkout is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, check in as at three o'clock on Thursday evening, we had a little bit of, I guess, constraints or a little bit of uh, direction in terms of what we were supposed to plan ahead of time. So everybody knew that they had to fend for themselves for breakfast, but, and then they knew that lunch was at uh, the Brandon's hub, I guess, if you will. And then dinner was together as a, as a, as a family, as a business family. Um, but that was it. We, we didn't have any session titles, uh, but we did accomplish a lot. We didn't do anything, but we did accomplish a lot. So, um, that's, that's a long answer to a short, a uh, short question which is no, what do we do? We didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it begs the follow-up question. Okay. Well, what was the purpose? What was the meaning of going on a retreat and doing nothing? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, and I think kind of, as I answer this question again, in a long-winded way, I feel like every answer to questions <laughs> on a podcast has to be long-winded. Um, but, but I think to kind of preface that question, that is, the answer to that question is really looking at um, what kind of different styles of retreat there are, right? Because if you have, maybe, maybe you're, you've been on a company retreat in the past and you didn't do nothing. Uh, You had planning sessions, you had session titles, you had activities, organized activities, you had an itinerary. Um, And, and those are like, that's one style, right? Those are definitely working retreats. And we, we do those. uh, We, we, tend not to get out of the office for those. And they don't generally last more than a day. Um, not that we don't ever talk business on the retreat or we didn't talk business, but our planning retreats, we spend a morning, go to lunch and then come back for an afternoon. And, and we, we generally focus on the bigger picture of the business. We, we, we stand back and we try to look at the vision from a, from a 30,000 foot view and think about what do we need to do over the next two to three years uh, to develop strategies, and then from there, we, we try to develop 90-day priorities. That, those are planning retreats. 
and they can be long. I know Cameron, you have had experience uh, with planning retreats in the past that kind of marry uh, maybe the two styles. So let's talk about the second style. The second style of retreat is literally just a work retreat where it's a time of renewal of refreshment and my favorite word of community flourishing. (laughs) And that really means connecting and being together in relationship. Right. And, and it's, there's a lots of different ways to do those. The best way Axiom knows how to do those is with no itinerary, with no planned sessions, just doing life together in a, in a constrained space for three or four days. Yeah. And I know one of the objections from some business owners and, and they might not verbally say it, but it's a thought going through the head of that sounds like a terrible ROI financially. You know, I'm, I'm essentially, let, let's say we do the retreat a uh, Thursday through Sunday. Um, and so I'm giving them a day off Thursday so they can get ready and head down there. And then, you know, I'm giving them the day off Friday. So I'm paying employees for two days and they're not working. Um, they're not working. That's a big aspect of it. And then I'm paying for this entire retreat, um, which is going to get pretty expensive. So ROI from a financial perspective is, is bad when you just look at it from that standpoint. But, you know, I was talking to Joey about this and I want to hear your thoughts, you know, and I, I propose that not obviously not in favor of that argument, but like, yeah, what, what would you say if a CEO answered that question and asked you that question? And he said, he's like the ROI that we get from retreats like this is far more significant than dollar signs that are going to show up on a PL. <clears throat> it's, it's not, it's not a financial ROI and it, it might be like at some point, you know, like who knows, like it, you know, it might show up that we had a conversation on that retreat, you know, because we were able to relax and have conversation about whatever we wanted to that led to, you know, getting a new client, who knows, but the ROI that we're seeing, it's a cultural ROI and it's something that um, is worth far more than the cost of giving employees a couple of days off and paying for the trip. So what's the question in that? No question. Just, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. No question that the idea of our business owner is going to be open to, you know, realizing that these retreats don't have the kind of ROI that they typically look for. Well, I, I think I think you're right. Like that's an easy that 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 is maybe from like I guess from a, a business owner perspective, that's a pretty easy way to maybe pose an objection to those types of retreats, right? And and you may not be able to measure the return on investment, but to say that there's no return on investment, or let's say it a different way. Let's look at what is the cost of not doing those retreats, right? So, so essentially, we like, and this is where research comes in, and, and I don't have the data to have the data in front of me, but we could do, you know, back of the napkin math and understand what is the cost of not doing those retreats. What is the cost of disengaged workforce of a disengaged workforce? And you can a quick Google search will show you plethora of studies on that particular topic. If you just think, you know, assume fifteen dollars an hour at 52 weeks a year, we, we know that employees, we could be, we, it would be safe to assume that our employees lose at least one hour a week of, of, of unproductive due to unproductive time. Like they just, we know, right. That's probably a very, very conservative estimate. 
Um, and it's a safe conservative estimate. Estimate That's $780. $780 that just goes out the window. Now, that doesn't, you, you might just look at that and say, okay, how big is your, then, then you look at that and you say, if it's $780, how big is your workforce? How big is your workforce? Do you have 10 employees? Do you have 20 employees? And sure, you might go, well, yeah, Devin, but still, then I, ha- I have to pay for all the food. I have to pay for rent and board. I have to pay for, you know, A and B and C to do the retreat. Still, look at the cost of a disengaged workforce on your business. That's, that's not just time that they're not engaged, that they're, they're, wait, they're essentially, you're paying them to not do anything, but they're not receiving the benefits of productive time which if you think you have a, if you're, if you're in a service-based business or in your, you're in a production-based business where your guy, you, you rely on labor in the field and work in the field to have a return, then that is going to be not just disengaged, like un, unplugged time for that employee, but they're not re- having the return on the revenue to receive. They're not receiving the revenue for that work. Now they're not receiving the revenue if they're on the retreat, Again, the point is, is like it, it could be easy to say, yeah, what's the return on investment? Because you can't re- measure the return on investment for a company or treat, it's not valuable. Um, you you could turn that around and say, well, what's the cost of not going on the retreat? And we can measure that. We we know there's many studies that point to the fact that it's like employee well-being is is super important when it comes to profitability in a, in an organization. Yeah. And there's, um, you know, we had our families there and we also, we have someone new on the team, Steve, you know, he's, he's brand new to the team. And so, you know, I, I didn't know Steve too well. I know Carrie and Gina didn't know Steve too well. You know, I think you, you kind of known him, but you know, not, not in an amazing way. Joe, Joey obviously knew him closer, but to be able to go on a, uh, you know, three and a half day trip where we had, all of our families together for the majority of the time. Like we were going to the beach together. We were going to the pool together. We were playing board games together. We were having meals together, just having great conversations and all just getting to know each other um, and just spend time with each other. Like we love spending time with each other as a team. We love spending time with each other's families. Like, and it's so cool watching families interact, you know, watching parents interact with other employees, children, like it's really a beautiful site. And, um, and not, I I mean, I've never been at another organization that does this. It's, it's extremely rare. Um, it's uncommon. And so I think a lot of business owners who maybe hear that are like, well, that's great for you guys, but it could never work for us. Like, you know, it it would never work. We, we have too much tension going on, you know, between these two people, um, you know, their, their families, like they would never get along. It it would, that would turn into a disaster. Like there's, there's all these hesitations, like all these, um, pushbacks on why it would be a good idea to get the families together for, you know, three to four days and just allow them to spend time together. And, um, and so I guess my question to that is like, what is your encouragement for the business owners who have that trepidation when they think about, you know, an idea like this? Yeah. I mean, I would just offer, maybe it's a perspective shift, right? It's a chicken or the egg argument. 
to say that we can't go on a retreat because there's all this tension and we have all this con- internal conflict and these employees don't get along and and our team can never spend that much time together because we would you know we would kill one another or what I don't know whatever argument you have flip it what if the reason you have all that conflict what if the reason you have all of that strife in your organization is because there is a lack of sharing meals together yeah there is, there is a lack of time spent together and care for another individual i, I think one of the one of the greatest examples i've ever heard um and it and it came i cannot remember the name of the book uh, it was a recent book though but it, it the book really highlights the difference um in in the change and the cultural change that has come uh, into the our our congress and the senate and it it's based on the idea that budgets are now providing where senators and congressmen don't have to stay in dc they fly in, they fly out. They go in for a session, they fly out. And as these, the, 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 the book, again, I can't remember the name of the book, um, but the book highlighted the fact that as these changes took place, there was more and more division in, the con- in Congress. Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, simply put, look at it. Congressmen and women are, are, are not going out for dinner they're not, their families aren't going to the same schools. They're in different states, and they don't have to spend very much time together at all. Um, and, and that is, you know, again, does correlation equal causation? No. Or does causation, is that causing the problem? No. Are they related? Yeah, probably. Indefinitely. To what extent? That's a hard question to answer. But again, again, I offer the, just the encouragement to shift your perspective. And and to maybe like realize there needs to be some serious re-engagement and reinvestment in the culture to say, I'm going to, I'm going to choose not to stand on the ground that we can't do something because strife exists and instead see the strife as a consequence of not having those things in place of not going on accompanying retreats. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I think it's, you know, another mindset shift that has to happen is this shift from the mentality of, okay, this is, this is the job, this is the work. Um, and I'm going to compartmentalize that, separate that from everything else. So family fun can never mix with work. And I, I mean, I've seen organizations like that. I've seen organizations where it's, I, I don't want to do things with these people outside of work. Like I just, I work with them all day. So I don't want to spend more time with them outside of work. Like that's, that's my family time. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take a trip, you know, and, and bring my family on, on this trip with this company when like, I just want to spend time with my family. I don't want to mix the two. And it's, it's going from that mindset, which we believe is wrong. You know, we believe like that's not a healthy mindset for business because, you know, in, in our eyes, business is more than just business. Like, and it, you know, in its traditional definition, um, you know, we're, we're talking about, this is a place where employees are spending 2000 hours plus a year with you. So as a business owner um, or a CEO, you have an obligation to these employees to help them find more fulfillment in life to help them find what they're passionate about, to help them grow as employees, to become better version of themselves, to pour into them, invest in them. Um, and so when you have that 
mindset. It becomes more of just, I want them to succeed in their role here at the company, but I want to be a part of their life and I want them to be a part of my life. And that means that I'm going to invite them to um, get to know my family and I, and I want to get to know their family. And we have that and it's amazing. And I wish every company had that because I, you know, I just saw a stat today, the, uh, uh, quit quitting rates, uh, for August for the highest it's ever been record number of people quit their jobs in August. And, you know, and you, you have to ask the question, well, like, why, why is that happening? And, and there's a plethora of reasons. Like we could go down a lot of different avenue, avenues, but I'd have to imagine that a lot of the people who quit in August realize it's a candidate driven market. So I could easily go get another job. And my culture is toxic and my, my leadership is poor here. So why am I sticking around? And how do you get away from that? Like, how do you fix that? By doing stuff like this. I mean, this isn't the, you know, cure all magic wand. You know, there, there's a lot that goes into it. But, you know, if we use the analogy of this is a, you know, it takes a smoothie to, to fix the cultural issues. And a great tasting, nutritious smoothie has a lot of ingredients. Like this is one of the ingredients, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's our encouragement as, and I'd love to hear any, you know, closing thoughts you have, but our encouragement to you, if you're listening to this and, you know, whether you're a business owner or not, maybe, you know, maybe you're just an employee, um, and you're like, well, I don't have the, you know, I can't organize something like that. Like you can, you can certainly encourage the leaders of your organization to organize something like this. Um, and we promise you, you know, it, it might not be perfect, but we promise you the ROI on it culturally will be a hundredfold. Yeah, no, that's great. Great final word. And, and just piggybacking off it. I don't have anything to add, but piggybacking off it is, is start small, right? Don't, don't let the, the prospect of, a of the, an insurmountable task prevent you from taking a step. Um, it, it's, it's really a matter of if you take the first step in the right direction, be it with, if you have, if you are co-owner, do this with your partner and, and your families. Yeah. Go retreat and don't have an agenda and just have meals together. Hopefully if you're business partners, you have a pretty good relationship as it is already. If you're a, a sole proprietor and you have a key employee in the company, do it with your families. If you have a couple of key leaders, just do it with them um, and, and, and see what happens when you branch out from there. Uh, I, I think larger organizations, if, if you don't, if you have field employees or you have cohorts or regional groups um, that, are, that are kind of geographically located, then maybe you just use a subunit uh, like that subunit and say, you guys plan a retreat. Uh, don't, don't feel like you have to do it all together. Don't feel like you have to chew off a bigger bite um, than you can handle. Just take this step. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's great advice. And, and the, the last piece of advice is if you are like, well, I, I would never want to do a retreat with my team because I, I would hate to spend four days with this person. Like, at the, maybe that person shouldn't be on the team or maybe you shouldn't be on the team. <laughs> I'm not sure. But if the fear is you don't want to go on the retreat because you don't want to spend that kind of time around the person, then like you have some deeper questions to battle through 
then does it make sense to go on a retreat? Um, so that, that should never be the reason that, that implies that like, Hey, we need to take a, a, you know, maybe a deeper look at who belongs on this team. But, um, just wanted to put that out there because I, I, I think I may have, you know, I probably would have had that thought at previous organizations before. <laughs> so <laughs> without mentioning any names, um, on that note, uh, we'll call it a show. Thanks everyone for joining us. Appreciate your time and, uh, hope to talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks Cameron.